Richard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Some councils are auditing schools and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl. For those who are in an open or polyamorous relationship, your relationships are holy. A gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman. We don't want to just win the argument about sexuality. We want to use this as a gospel opportunity. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Ah, Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and messages. Special message for all the kids watching at home. What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! Ooh... Getting close, Jimmy. Getting close. This is Wretched Radio. Please, would you send stuff that's wretched to idea at wretched.org? Please. For instance, I would not have received this. Do you know what that is right there? What is that? It's the result of an email. Somebody sent me a note that said, did you know that there's actually a calendar for 2023 based on church signs? (laughs) I ordered it. And to talk, I don't want to brag or nothing, but I'm going to, I don't want to brag or nothing, but I have been practicing amazing self-control. I've had this now for a number of days, Jimmy, Oh, and I have wanted to, it's got a rubber band around it, holding it together. And I've wanted desperately to open it You've and not I opened haven't it yet. done it. What are you waiting on? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> it's just a fruit of the spirit. Please. Send recommendations, send articles, stories, sermons, whatever you think is wretched to idea at wretched.org. All right. We start with Anonymous. Todd, how does Ephesians 6.1 apply for adult children living in the house of their parents? That's a dicey one because you've got an individual who's an adult, but he has a landlord who happens to share a similar bloodline. <laughs> so you're supposed to honor them. Children, honor your parents. And that pro that commandment rather, that exhortation, it doesn't have an expiration date. So how do you do that when you're in the house? I think the way that it looks is you're just going through life, doing your thing, and your parents come along and say, Hey, we don't want you doing that anymore. Can you talk to them like an adult about it? Of course you can, just like adults do. But what do you do if they want you to do something you don't want to do? I think you obey them. I think you just, you're underneath their roof. Now, let's just say you get yourself an apartment and you live on your own. You're not married, but you live out on your own. And your parents say, you know, honey, I don't really would prefer you didn't do that. You should honor them by receiving it, not just rebuffing it immediately, but listening to it, considering it, knowing that nobody on the planet loves you more than your parents do. Trust me, even if you've got rotten parents, they love you. They perhaps have a pretty hard time showing it or they do a bad job of showing it, but they care for you and you receive whatever it is that they're saying and seriously ponder, should I do what they are asking? But I don't think you're obligated to do it. Because you're now an adult. You are now an individual who is responsible for your own decisions. It is between you and the Lord. 
and you can make the decision that you determine is best for you. Now, if it's a sinful thing, that's just a totally other situation. Of course, you shouldn't do it if it's a sinful thing. But I think your particular location has something to do with how we go about the business of responding as adults to parents who want to give information. And if I could just do a little shout out, if you're young, your friends, social media has told you, parents, not going to listen. They're Dagwood Bumstead. They have nothing to offer me. I need to be my autonomous self. Even kids in homeschool families, they get that information seeping into the pores of their being, informing them you get away from those stupid parents as fast as you can. It's a fool who heeds their advice because your parents care for you more and possess more wisdom. Don't run from your parents as an adult. How many times have we heard this? You have a great relationship with your parents, then you turn 12. And then the next 10 years, 15 years, pretty rocky. But then all of a sudden, some big life events take place. You get married and especially you have children. And suddenly, mom and dad overnight just learned so much. Huh? How did they know all of these things about how to hold a child, burp a child, change a child, make sure that the child isn't sick? How did they learn all of this? Well, they knew it all along because you were their guinea pig. (laughs) The point is, don't go through that phase. Reject your peers singing into your ears. Get away from them. Don't let, come on, come with us. Let's go do goofy stuff. Don't do that. Race toward maturity. Race toward manhood. Race toward womanhood. Race toward adulthood. And let your parents participate in that. Having said that, mom and dad, this is probably one of the hardest things that I have ever had to learn, and I still do not do it consistently well. Okay, I don't do it very often well. Not immediately respond to your kids with a solution because you see the dangers. Now, if there's an imminent danger, of course you do. But how do do we parents tend to respond when our kids bring us some information? hypercritical i've 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 seen this in myself it's an amazing thing well we have a bunch of people here at wretched radio who are in their 20s and they will tell me something in their life they'll say hey i'm i'm okay i'm thinking of somebody down the hall they're going to lynchburg virginia this weekend and i went cool what are you doing and then I heard we talked about it. See you later. Now, if my child came to me and said, um, hey, dad, I'm going to Lynchburg, Virginia. What for? Why are you going? How are you getting there? Have you had your car checked? What about the tires? You're flying. What kind of prices did you get on the tickets? Do you have a safe place to stay? Do you know what neighborhood you're going? What's the difference? It's my kid. And this also speaks to you if you're young. I know you want your parents to be friends, but you don't. If you want your decisions to be ratified, then you go to your peers and and they're going to tell you exactly what you should do. And they're going to endorse every decision that you make in the affirmative. Hey, so there's this thing 
where you bungee jump out of an airplane at 13,000 feet. Cool, dude. You doing it? How much is that? When are you going? Make sure you video that. You will have your friends ratify every single suggestion that you ever make in the affirmative. Why? It's not that they're diabolical. They just don't love you as much as the parents do. And they're going to go, hold on. A bun- uh, you're you going to be in an airplane at 13,000 and you're going to bungee by your ankles. Am I? No. Are you out of your mind? Okay, probably shouldn't ask that last question, but <laughs> we do because we care. So here's the tension, the dynamic that exists between teen, young adult, and parents. It's a tricky one. You must honor them all of your days. But mom and dad, Ephesians 6, 1 continues into 2 and 3 and 4. Hey, parents, don't make your kids bonkers. When is the expiration date on that commandment? The answer is there isn't one. So find that, that happy space where adults try not to agitate their kids. But kids, don't let your parents agitate them. Instead, honor them and appreciate them and dance on. And please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Daniel. Todd, um, I'm currently struggling right now with finding a way to stop vaping. Mm. I know the Lord wants me to, and I continuously fail. I feel low and feel condemned, though I know there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Do you have any advice? The local church. There it is again. We so overlook the local church. This young man could have 20 people in his life tomorrow checking in on him. You vaping? How'd you do today? When I see on Sunday, I want to report, hold him accountable. If he's trying to become more sanctified and he sees not vaping as a means to that end, then it's the local church that can support and encourage. Get some accountability. Tell people about your struggles. Beg them, please. I'm not, I'm not joking about this. This isn't just a, well, I'm trying really hard, but stumbling. I don't want to do this anymore. Will you help me with my commitment to mortify what I believe to be as something either unhealthy or even potentially sinful? Would you do that, local church? Let them help you. And ultimately, what I would suggest, if you're trying to overcome a habit, you got to ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Why do I run here? What am I getting out of this? Why do I find it so pleasurable? to suck vapor into my lungs. And chances are pretty good. You are using it as a replacement for God. You are finding yourself a satisfaction in a lesser thing that cannot deliver, which means in order to overcome a bad or sinful habit, you need to replace that habit, what it is doing for you with God. And when you do, you will find your satisfaction in him and you won't run to something that could give you the lung cancer. This is Wretched Radio. Be careful. Be very, very careful, my cold-hearted conservative friend, because this just might melt your heart if you are a supporter of preborn.org slash wretched, providing ultrasounds, ultrasound machines, and sonograms. Careful, this might just melt your heart that sonogram changed my life i went from just candace to mom 
Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. You're giving love when you support preborn because a mommy sees a baby in the womb, courtesy of an ultrasound machine, and 80% of the time keeps the baby. $28 in ultrasound, or perhaps you might be of the means to provide an actual ultrasound machine if you can. Oh, they need them, and they'll put them to work, and it'll show some love. Preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. I have been transformed by your program. Wretched has changed my life. Through your video, God saved me. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us, but we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. 200, that's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org slash wretched know your church fathers Clement of Rome lived from AD 30 to 100 was a student of the Apostle Peter and served as the Bishop of Rome he wrote a letter to the troubled church in Corinth warning against envy and immorality emphasizing humility and repentance. His letter continued to be read during worship services for 80 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Bad host. I'm a very bad host. This is Wretched Radio. Question, how do I overcome a habit that is either just bad, unbeneficial, or downright sinful? And the answer is found in the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger can't get no satisfaction, but when you find your satisfaction fully in Jesus Christ, then you won't desire things that do something for you that only God can do. Case in point, have you seen our new TV series, Transformed? It is amazing. Biblical counseling. I think episode one is Robin. Just wait until you see the follow-up on Robin. It is amazing. She was lighting up the bong every morning getting drunk every day. As soon as the kids got on the bus, she went to her bong. She went to her bottle. 
And in her counseling session with Dr. Greg Gifford, because Transformed is biblical counseling live and in action, he was trying to help Robin see you're going to the bottle for comfort. And if you want comfort, you're not going to find it with Jack Daniels. Your Southern comfort ain't going to deliver on its promise. Only God can do that. So you're running to muddy water. It's an Isaiah-like phrase that you're consuming. (laughs) Come to the living water, drink and consume. This, by the way, I think is what Jesus was alluding to, among other things, when he cried out, I'm the living water, drink. You'll never thirst with me. Ho, come to the living water. Remember, there was the cistern system, little mini aqueducts, if you will, to deliver water from place A to place B. The problem is when the water would go sliding through that thing, whatever could fall in it, it would pick up sediment, it would pick up dirt, and it would be tepid, often not satisfying, and frequently could make you sick. The option was drinking from a pure spring. Cool, clean, refreshing, satisfying. And Jesus says, pick me, because I'm the satisfying one. I'm the one who will quench your thirst for whatever it is that your heart is longing for. Don't accept inferior substitutes for satisfaction. And Dr. Gifford brought that to Robin's attention, and she literally said, I don't like muddy water. I I don't want muddy water anymore. Wait till you see season two. Oh, man, Scylla. This woman's life has been utterly transformed. You will just be blown away. Perhaps you could avail yourself of our new series, Transformed, available at wretched.org. And while you're at the internet ordering our resources, please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Alexander, who says, Hello, Mr. 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 Sensei Master Friel. Okay, hold it. Oh, I'm not done. Oh, there's more? Yes. <laughs> Sensei Master Friel of the Fluffnarbians. Fla- uh, I, yes, I think I think we've talked about the Fluffnarbians before. You have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a question. He says in the book of Acts, they sent a letter that said to abstain from blood. What does that mean? Can I still eat medium rare steak? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a a little bit of a working things out in the early church, and it is not a, a command and a prohibition that needs to be adhered to in all times, in all ages. Why? There was a cultural issue over what do we have to follow as Jewish believers? And some people were saying, you still need to adhere to dietary laws. Well, what do we see with Peter and Cornelius? Approval to eat it all. What do we see with Hebrews 8 and 10? That covenant that had that system and those dietary prohibitions, they're gone, gone, gone. So why would, Acts chapter 10, the Jerusalem council tell Paul to tell people to abstain from blood? Does that mean nobody can ever meet? eat med- red meat ever? No, it, it doesn't. It means that you should be thoughtful and not do things that are causing people to stumble. He also included, by the way, orgies in, in that li- very short list. Just stay away from those things because it just, 
It's kind of Romans 14. You're going to cause somebody to stumble. So just don't do it around those people. But it wasn't an absolute prohibition against eating steak, which I love to do now. Having fasted from it for 40 years, what was I thinking? Now, I am a full-blooded carnivore. I think that worked. On Saturday, I'm going to be eating. It's funny because I, I didn't eat red meat for decades. Just because. Just thought it was healthier to eat white meat. Whatever. You've got your issues, too. And so now I'm eating red meat because my doc said, your iron's low and they come up unless you start eating cow. So I did. And it started out, let's just do it medium well. Good. I, I don't want it, that blood stuff. Then I realized with the first bite, that's overcooked. <laughs> Give it to me medium rare, please. That's, that's the only way to eat it. Get to have a steak, I'm hoping, with Mike Fabara's on Saturday. That's going to be such a hoot. Mike Fabara's is coming to town. Perhaps this will help you to appreciate your pastor. What Mike is doing by flying from Orange County, California to Atlanta, Georgia to spend Saturday. We're going to spend the day together shooting episodes of Road Trip to Truth Season 3, which his son hosts in Season 3. And he didn't want his dad to be in an episode with him, but he's coming in for Season 4 to talk about three different subjects, spend an entire day. Now, consider the sacrifice that he is making. He's got to rearrange his schedule, get on an airplane, very long flight, get a, get a car, travel to a hotel, get checked in, get up, get cleaned up, spend the day with us, how intolerable, and then get back on a plane after you preach on Sunday, which, by the way, if you're going to be near Faith Community Church in Woodstock, he's going to be preaching Sunday morning two times. And then he's going to get on a plane and fly back Sunday and be back to work on Monday. Why? Because he wants young people to know truth. He wants young people to start applying scripture to their situations. He has a pastor's heart. And so does your pastor. Now, he might not fly back and forth from Orange County and Atlanta, but he's making sacrifices like that all day, every day for you. So what should you do? I think the answer is clear. Buy him a steak, medium rare, preferably, and send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Okay, this next question comes from Matt, and I realize it's a little bit general. It's not super specific. Uh, but he he wants to know how he can strengthen his faith in the faith in the face of opposition. Well, you're always going to have opposition. It's going to be more or less. Acts chapter two. Look at the laundry list of means of growth, and I will take this opportunity to perhaps be redundant, maybe even repetitive, and maybe even to say the same thing over again. The means of growth that are listed, in my opinion, they include the other if you will, sacrament, ordinance of the church. It lists in Acts chapter 2, and this is why the early church saw such explosive growth. They were assembling together regularly. They weren't meeting on the internet. They were assembling regularly. What did they do there? Well, they would fellowship. They would listen to the apostles' teaching. So they were learning the Bible. They were praying, and they were taking communion. Because communion is a visible presentation of the gospel, and that feeds you, and so does baptism. You watch a baptism, oh, wow, look at that, man. 
God is working in the lives of people. I didn't even know. Look at that guy. I wouldn't have thought that guy would ever get saved. Look at what Jesus is doing. And it encourages and it strengthens. So partake of those means of growth. Just do the things that we're supposed to be doing. Read your Bible fellowship. Go to church. Serve at church. Make sure you're praying. Read your Bible. Take communion regularly, which in my opinion should be once a week. But that's just me. And make sure you witness baptisms. And I will shout out again a message that we evangelicals seem to have gotten away from. Get baptized. If you have not been baptized, now is the time. Get on it. It's the first act of obedience. It's the first command that our Savior gives. You get saved. You jump into a jacuzzi and send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one. Oh, stop. (laughs) This one comes from Caleb. Todd, how do you feel about songs, uh, worship music that praise God for his wrath, judgment and justice? Because there's a lot of Christian. Jimmy. What? Are we going to have to have a meeting? What? How do you expect me to answer a question like that in a minute or less? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So what about music with wrath and judgment? Yeah. How do you feel about worship music like that when most Christian music focuses on God's love, grace, and forgiveness? Sure. You need a balance. That's all. And it's not, it's not, I wouldn't make it a mandate, but I think it's best to have both in the same hymn, but I don't think it's necessary. Nobody complains that we're singing about the love of God in a hymn. And we shouldn't lament if we're singing about the wrath of God, the fear of God, the awesomeness of God, the otherliness of God, the transcendence of God. And if you don't sing about his imminence or his love in that context, well, it should be in the church service someplace because there should be some sort of narrative in the church service that includes law and gospel from beginning to end. But if it doesn't, when it comes to singing about wrath, thumbs up. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Recently, the superintendent of the Westchester Area School District in Pennsylvania addressed parents' concerns at a school board meeting regarding the district's decision to hide the gender identity of students from parents and teach gender curriculum. One parent asked if the district had a policy where it would actively hide the gender identity of students from their parents, and she learned that teachers are not obligated to tell parents about their children's gender identity if the parents are not supportive of their transition. And here's how that particular parent, Connie Holloway, responded upon learning that information. Quote, let me make one thing perfectly clear. We are not co-parenting with the government. This is not the Soviet Union or communist China. You do not have the authority to determine what parents deserve to know about their child's health. And it seems like there's a bit of a storm brewing, not just in Westchester, Pennsylvania, but all over the country. Okay, so I'm about to play a small snippet from The View, and while there's been a lot of talk on social media about this particular comment, I guess my brain just works a little bit differently. I read a a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid. 
Okay, so that was The View's Sunny Hostin making that comment, and she's received a ton of backlash because people are saying that she compared Republican women to cockroaches and she should be fired immediately. And you know what? That probably could be true and probably does need to happen. But the thing I find interesting is not necessarily the comparison of Republican women to cockroaches, but it's this. I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. How else did you expect a Republican to vote? Well, the CDC has determined that the terms women and woman, I guess they're a little bit offensive, I don't know, but the terms have been scrubbed from the CDC's guidance on flu vaccine during pregnancy. They've replaced the term pregnant woman with pregnant people. I guess they didn't have enough to do and just decided to create some extra work for themselves, but the only people that can get pregnant are women, so there really wasn't any need to change it, was it? Oh, yeah, there he is. I forgot about the left's desire to actually erase women from society. That, that's why they did it. All right, so one of the stories that most of you know that's going around the news is the attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi. And I'm not going to get into the actual attack. I'm just going to get into a headline that was recently posted on the Washington Post. Release the video is mostly a way to extend the conspiracy theory. So asking for evidence in this whole attack makes you a conspiracy nut, according to the Washington Post. The term gaslighting comes to mind. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds, all to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, let's just see how they did in the 18th century. This is Wretched Radio. Question sent into idea at wretched.org. Could we sing, should we sing hymns? that just sing about the wrath of God. Is there something wrong with that? And the answer is no. Make sure there's a balance in your diet. You don't just want all wrath singing, nor do you want all love singing. Find a balance. I Googled. That's right. I know how to use the Google machine. Hymnal dreadful. Because I was remembering a hymn. Oh, how awful is this place? How dreadful. And it's like, oh, wait, is there are hymns that are written about that. Let's take a look. This is, ugh, I'm going to have to squint to see this because they just put the hymnal page on the screen as opposed to typing it out. Nevertheless, here's what it says. This was written in 1785. That day of wrath, that dreadful day, when heaven and earth shall pass away, what power shall be the sinner's stay? How shall he meet that dreadful day? We can't sing that in church. People need hope. Yeah, exactly. And they need to know that they're going to be spared from that dreadful day. Stanza two. When shriveling like a parched scroll. I love their similes and metaphors. The, the flaming, sorry, the flaming heavens together roll. When louder yet and yet more dread swells the high trump that wakes the dead. Ain't no good news yet. We are now entering our final stanza. Let's see if there's any gospel, any love, any hope in it. Lord, on that day, that wrathful day, when man to judgment wakes from clay, 
Be thou the trembling sinner, stay, though heaven and earth shall pass away. Okay, not a lot, but he is the sinner, stay, so that we don't have to fear the dreadful day. I could write hymns, apparently. It is mostly wrath, mostly about dread. It does offer hope. Now, where would that fit in the church service? Where would you put that without disrupting the mojo of a happy slappy event? I would suggest to you this should come early on. Because I don't think that a sermon should just be law gospel. I don't think that evangelism should just be law gospel. I think the church worship service should be law gospel. Where you find a a balance and a presentation of law to convict, to help us feel our guilt, so that we can be ready to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I think the meta-narrative of a church service, if there's going to be any arc to the service, it should be starting out with, okay, if you want to do, we're coming into your, we are coming to worship you as your people. Please be pleased with our worship. It could be an invocation. Fine. But then how's about singing about the, that day of wrath, that dreadful day? And then do a confession of sins. Then do a celebration that Jesus Christ died so that we do not have to experience wrath on that dreadful day. That's where I'd put that in the church service. I would challenge all of us to consider how it is we put together a church service. There should be such coordination among the participants so that everything is in sync. Let's just, let's just say that the pastor is going to do a sermon on, Jimmy, what would be a subject that you've preached on lately? <laughs> the gospel. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 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 um, the, the right, the, 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 the uh, sanctification. Okay. All right. Sanctification um, about becoming holy, about becoming transformed. Okay, cool. Down with that. How does that affect the prayer? Which Bible readings are you going to do considering the subject of sanctification is going to be focused on during the highlight of the service, which is the sermon? What about the music? How does it connect, relate, and undergird that message, but also undergird law and gospel? If you've never wrestled with those things, seriously, it's fun. All right, I'm a geek, but it's fun to consider those elements. Is this flowing from A to B to C to D? No, I think we can do better. I think we can find a substitute. I think the Bible reading should be. I want to make sure that the prayers are aimed at sanctification. And I want the entire service to be about that. But I also want the overarching narrative to be law and gospel. Would you please beep talk? If you have something on your mind, that would be the number of the old toll free. Only rules would be please try to keep it pithy and please ixnay on the airing sway if you're an egg and pay. When it comes to demons attacking us, are there rules that they cannot break? In regards to attacking us and hurting us? I don't know about rules, but God puts bumpers. 
He puts limits on their behavior. If you recall the book of Job, the devil approached God. And it was actually God who brought up this subject, but God had to give him permission to go wreak havoc in the life of Job. And he was only going to wreak it as far as God wanted to wreak it. So do the demons have rules? They're not rule keepers. They're rule breakers, but they can only break whatever rules, if you will, there are because God limits their behavior. I think that's probably the way that I would say it, because otherwise, frankly, it gives demons too much credit that they actually follow the rules. That's the last thing that they do. They want to wreck all the rules and become politicians. one 282 Hey, brother. I just heard the story of the church with 300 missionaries. Now, you don't get the 300 missionaries by ending relationship with anyone. My church recently dropped a missionary and added another one. And I'm just wondering if everything's sound and good with the mission, is there any reason we should be dropping and adding another one? There could be. It, it could be that the church believes that it is satisfied with the results that have been produced through their support. It could be that the church collectively has agreed, you know, we, we, we were— we were big into this, but now it seems that we should be supporting this. So I think there's liberty for the local church body to make those decisions, but I do believe they should be made slowly. Remember, you got somebody out there, probably in a foreign land. They're counting on your support. Be slow and give it time and say, hey, just want to let you know we're, we're going to be going in a different direction, but we're not going to leave you high and dry. We'll be supporting you for the next year. And that way they can they can make provision for what they're about to lose. Always go slow when it comes to changing who you are supporting. And that, by the way, includes your local pastor. Maybe, just maybe, your elders are thinking about, is it time to give the left hand of fellowship to our pastor? Go slowly. Better go slow on that deal. I don't think that God is pleased when we rush somebody out the door who's sound, but they're just not quite, eh. As long as they meet the biblical qualifications of being an elder, then I think that you should be very slow to let them go or force them to go. one 282 beep one 282 Hey, Mr. Mr. Friel. It is my goal this next year to become as well-read as possible, to read as many books as I can, uh, what is some recommendations that you would have as must-reads for Christians, especially younger ones? I'm 23. I've been a Christian for three years now. Dude, you don't sound 23. Good on you. Great question. If you stick to it and read, you will be propelled into further maturity, not just knowledge, but maturity and wisdom. Books help us with wisdom because you can learn all kinds of things at university and that makes you smart, but it doesn't give you wisdom. Reading does, especially the Bible. What would I recommend? Um, let me be a little bit more general than specific because I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons that we struggle to read is because sometimes we get a book in our hand and it's kind of a snooze. Might I just give you liberty to toss it? If it, if it ain't like, this ain't working for me, don't feel like I got to read it because then it becomes so onerous. Just ditch it. 
and instead find something that is an issue that you are working on in your life. So if you're married or you're getting married, read really good marriage books. I I think Paul Tripp's book on marriage still stand the test of time. Read those. You want to understand the character and nature of God better. Terrific. Find yourself an author who is credible. In other words, start with the author. Is that a reliable source? And read R.C. Sproul's The Holiness of God. Read a book that is written by a guy who's reliable on something that you are currently interested in. And I think that's just going to help you to read more. Uh, To be honest, what books? There's just thousands of them. Just thousands. of. uh, What am I reading right now? I'm reading a book on faith and how it applies to fear. Because I I know a lot of people are fearing these days, so I might be able to offer them something by gleaning some wisdom from a book on faith and fear. And I'm enjoying it because I want to. I think that is the key. This is Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth Season 12. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth. Season 3 with host John Fabares. It's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. An apostle is a messenger sent from God. The apostles were granted power and authority to establish the New Testament church. There are no apostles living today. But just as the early church dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings, so we dedicate ourselves to their teachings, which have been recorded in the New Testament. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's that time. Making church signs. You love our signs. You know you love us. You love our signs. You know you love us. You know you love us. Straight from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. And maybe we shouldn't. This is Wretched Radio. one 282 beep If you got yourself a church sign. Church sign. God is my strength and power. Love it. Can't do. You can never go wrong with a Bible. Okay, there might be a Bible. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Because sometimes Paul had a tendency to have some Pretty lengthy run on sentences. Maybe taking something parenthetical would be a problem. But overall, putting up a Bible verse, I think you should consider your audience. Both pagans and Christians alike will be seeing it. Will they get the message you're trying to send? Church sign, the Holy Trinity, your true ride or die. Your true ride or die? Ride or die. That's, that's, uh, is that a current thing that's going on? Yeah, it is. What is it? It's like your best friend or whatever. They're your ride or die. Oh, so that's the lingo. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, now I just want to do something here. All right. R-I-D-E-O-R-D-I-E. That's nine words. Letters. Letters, rather. B-E-S-T-F-R-I-N-D. Same number of letters. Why don't we just stick with the old ways? Okay. (laughs) Not all of us keep up with the contemporary lingo. So what was, uh, now I got to figure, what was... Church sign, the Holy Trinity, your true ride or die. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's true. Do we have to be current? Is it even possible that maybe there could even just be some form of nostalgic longing for old stuff, for, for saying things in a way that seems like it stood the test of time as opposed to always being hip and current? This is a church sign in my hometown. It says, sorry, Connie. Sorry, Connie? <laughs> yeah. All right. I need to spend more time on the internet. What is that all about? Uh, no, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's just a random apology. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so Connie didn't get invited to the bake sale. And so they're apologizing publicly. Well, okay, you're trying to right or wrong. You read 2 Corinthians 7 the way that you see fit. So I just called in a church sign that on one side said, Are you saved from your sins? And when I drove back the other way, on the opposite side of that church sign, it said, Salvation only comes from Jesus. Amen. Amen to that. 
Amen to that. There might be a, a church sign rule. If you can read it and go, amen, then that's a good church sign. Church sign. God sent you a text. It's the word of God. Yeah, it's not a text. And if you haven't been reminded of this, this is, I, I've had to learn this. I've been scalded so many times by firing off a text. Oof, it is a bad form of communication when it's anything important. <laughs> when it's something that could actually have some pitfalls, it could damage. Texting just ain't the way to do it. And, and here's, here's something that, okay, Mrs. Freel and I need to send a text. And it's kind of, uh, it's one that's a little heavier. So I wrote it and I sent it to Mrs. Freel. She sent it back after she edited it. Just be careful when it comes to texting because it is really a dangerous form of, it's, it's beneficial, we know that, but it's a dangerous form of communication and it is nowhere near the word of God. Why? Because texts can be so misunderstood and the Bible, despite the confusion that liberals create, is really clear. <laughs> this is this is why I'd like to do a wretched event. You want to meet these people. I want to meet these people. <laughs> yeah. I want to meet my brothers and sisters who are a little <laughs> playful. <laughs> you know where I want to do it? Where? At the Answers in Genesis at the Ark Encounter. Ah. I'd love to do a great big wretched Lollapalooza <laughs> and just hang together for a few days being fed being encouraged, fellowshipping, and maybe laughing about church signs. Church signs. Your speed does not matter. Forward is forward. Your speed doesn't matter. Forward is forward. Hmm. What words come to mind? Kung Pao chicken. I think I was eating Kung Pao chicken when I read that fortune cookie. Isn't that ironic? It's also a church sign or something. Mr. Creole, I want to thank you for ruining my morning by playing Jesus to a friend of mine. Welcome. But anyway, I do have a church sign. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Our pastor. Okay. And a little juvenile, but okay. Celebrate your pastor. That's cool. In fact, I think that actually could be a good message to send to the world. We got somebody here that we actually admire, we respect, and we submit to. That's a good message. However, I have to confess that beep talk was entirely disappointing, not because of what you said, sir, but because Jimmy didn't drop in Jesus is a friend of mine. Oh, I should have done that, shouldn't I? Uh, yep. Missed opportunity to yeah. annoy all of us. <laughs> Autumn leaves. Jesus does it. That's me. Who is that guy? That was me. Yeah. We played this last week and you left it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be reminded of that every once in a while. You know what? That sounded so good. I want to hear it again. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. I was get, I, you know, I was get, we were I think we were way up north and I drove by this church sign and it's like, nope, if I'm going to encourage people to call in church signs, then I'm obligated to do likewise. Autumn leaves. Jesus does. Why not just 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why, why, not, why not that as opposed to being punny? Church sign, car show at 4 p.m. Fine, if you need to promote a car show in the church parking lot, I guess everybody in your community is saved and you can do things like that as a spiritual center. Sure, you can use a church sign to communicate events. I've got a church sign and this one's a doozy. Evangelical United Methodist Church. You know, hold on a second. Let me just go back to the car show business, because maybe, just maybe, you could justify a car show in a church parking lot. Church sign, car show at 4 p.m. Maybe, just maybe, let's put the best construction on something for a change. Maybe the church has a car show because it raises funds for the church and they need it. And there's nothing innately sinful about a car show. Perhaps they've determined we're going to do this event and everybody who comes is going to get this booklet that they ordered at wretched.org to give out to everybody, or they're going to use it evangelistically, or they're going to be doing a presentation because you can get away with it in a church parking lot because it's still the church parking lot. So maybe, just maybe, it's perfectly fine to announce a car show in the church parking lot. I've got a church sign and this one's a doozy. Evangelical United Methodist Church. You can't enter heaven until Jesus enters you. Right? Yeah. No, I, you know. Do you think that's a doozy, Jimmy? I don't know. Maybe. What, okay. So what, I mean, that is true. It is true. Until you have Christ in you, you're outside of Christ. You, you're in big danger. You're in hot water forever. So, I, yeah, okay, it could be a little bit better than that. I have to confess to you, I just listened to an entire sermon. For today, we'll leave the fellow's name out of it, where he was talking about how to get into heaven. I waited, and I waited for the gospel. And I, how can, how can you talk about how to get into heaven without preaching the gospel? Oh, yeah. Because you're a crummy teacher. Church sign. God believes in you. (laughs) So just believe in yourself and you can do it. Church sign. Heaven is no trick. Hell is no treat. There's your little Halloween sign. Once again, shout out to everybody who gave away the gospel for Halloween. Well done. Love the pictures, by the way. Church sign. How would Jesus drive? <laughs> I suspect perfectly. <laughs> First thing I see. But by the way, that doesn't mean Jesus couldn't get into an accident. It just wouldn't be his fault. <laughs> because when you live in a world, accidents are going to happen. But Jesus would do all things excellently. But is that the message that we want to send to our community? Or is it an attempt? Hey, drive like. How would Jesus drive? Maybe, Jimmy, we could be onto something here. This could make more money than the car show in the church parking lot. What would, how, how would Jesus, HWJD? You're, you're missing it. You're missing it. He would drive on the road trip to truth. Season three available now. <laughs> Jimmy. I'm a radio guy. If that were on a church sign. <laughs> We would absolutely (laughs) trash you for that. But you can get Road Trip to Truth Season 3 available now at wretched.org. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.